This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide our listeners some real facts, some real stats, and some really good information about what's happening in our local market. And you wouldn't go into a baseball game, even though they've been suspended, without a good game plan. So uh, this is no different. Need a good game plan so that you can make all the right decisions. And today we're going to have a really good topic about making good decisions and um, and and winning the ball game from that. So to help me out with that, we have here Joanna Odebashin. She is the CEO and uh, co-owner of Keller Williams Fresno. Uh, good morning. Good morning. And, and here's a funny story. So Joanna and I were in a meeting on Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm thinking, okay, I, we we had a guest who was lined up for today uh-huh. um, from out of town, but he got in a car accident the night before, and so he's good, but the car's not. So he said, I better not make it. So I'm looking around the room, and I thought, ah. Joanna would be perfect for, for today and I know you'll come on there and then tell us what you were thinking earlier independent of what I was thinking this is really funny because I woke up Wednesday morning and I thought why haven't I ever been on welcome home radio I need to talk to Don about that today when I see him at the Association of Realtors and I saw you there and didn't say anything at that meeting I don't know if I chickened out or if it, it just wasn't the right time and um and then, lo and behold, at 4 o'clock, you called and said, Hey, Joanna, I've been meaning to ask. Do you have anything going on Saturday morning? Would you consider being on Welcome Home Radio? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> That's funny. Uh-huh. I guess there is something about telepathy in yeah. the air. You've got to be careful what you put out there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and the reason it wasn't that you were afraid to you know, be on Welcome Home Radio, it's just you're not supposed to talk during the class. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's why you didn't ask me. Mm-hmm. And we were there in a professional standards course that, and I'll have to say you're one of the last people that would need to have a professional standards course. Thank you. Me too. Uh, but that's why, because we we go to these things, yeah. uh, even though it was mandatory. Um, <laughs> we care. It wasn't mandatory, but we do care about our industry. That's why we went. Okay. Good point. It was kind of mandatory. I was told you be there. Uh, well, that's because you're the president. <laughs> oh, I'm <good> not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what'd you learn from that class? Hmm. Um, I well, I learned that our our code of ethics is really a cool thing, and um, it's a really great tool to help guide us and help us make fantastic decisions. Just like the North Star guided many people before we had all the technology that's that right. we have. That's right. Now the North Star's in our phone. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, they had compasses too. So. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. I mean, for the foggy days. Right. Well, and you could still look at the moss on the side of the tree if you wanted to. Ah, good mm-hmm. point. Yeah. I recently taught a class to the uh, Young Professionals Network, and um, they were, and the class was on how to get around town without a GPS. 
and just knowing where north and south is and all that. And I remember a lot of them saying, well, how do you know where north is? And I use that example about the moss on the tree yeah. or the moss on the rooftop. Yeah. They were blown away. So I'm a third generation realtor. And in my family, we played a game growing up. I always knew that north was towards the river or Woodward Park. And we would drive around town and my mom would say, all right, what are the next five streets? Go. <laughs> or um, which streets are east of us or which streets are south of us? And so I, I grew up that way. And I'm afraid of being lost. And yeah. so just because I'm afraid of being lost, I, I always know where I am and I, I rarely need GPS. So growing up, my sisters and I, well, my mom would take us downtown on the bus. Uh -huh. So um, we we played a game where we had to memorize all the streets all the way here. So I even the small residential streets. You know I, them all. Yeah. Yep. Sure helps. Yeah. I'm always stumped when a new street comes up that I haven't heard of before. And then I feel guilty. I'm like, I need to go out and figure out where that is because I don't know that street. Mm -hmm. so, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to throw a stat out there because uh, here we are mid-March and just I just would like to get your take on it. Sure. And your take is going to be really good because you manage a large office um, and you see a lot of stuff. Yeah. I so you may know a thing or two. Uh, just one or two. Because you've seen a thing or two. That's right. <laughs> All right. So back in 2018... Uh, Around September, the market seemed to really slow down. Mm -hmm. And it's like, holy smokes, what's going on here? And so I came up with this stat that I've been keeping. Um, and, and I went all the way back to 2014. So I wanted to see the trend. And, and it's a six-month uh, stat for September through the end of February of the last six years. Okay. And um, sure enough, 2018 to 2019, um, or, or September 18th to February 2019, was the lowest. Not by a whole lot, but um, there was 3,000 sales that year, or that half year. Um, this time, we this particular six-month period of time, we had the highest of these six years, and it's 3,388. So... Eh, a little over 10% higher. Interesting. Um, which goes to show, I, I think the real story isn't that we are up now. The real story is that even in a down period that was noticeable, it didn't really go down that much. No, it didn't. In fact, the median price went up that year. So it went from 265 to 270 from the, the, the previous year. Uh, this time the median price is now at 288,000 for Fresno. That's for Fresno and Clovis. What a great statistic. Thought of it myself. Mm -hmm. That's good information. <laughs> who, who else, what, what economic forecaster other than me would ever come up with a September through February statistic? So why did you pick that? Just because you were concerned what happened in 2018? Because we were rolling along uh -huh. in 17 and 18, and all of a sudden it became, uh, there was a discernible difference uh, in marketing. It's like, wow, I got to 
it, it seemed to slow down. So my question would be what happened three months before that? And if we were to go back in history and to, and to see three months before that, um, there, would, there would probably be something that we could pinpoint and say, oh, okay, that's what it was. Uh, I know that the activities real estate agents do today won't likely pay them, which in my mind pay them equals closing a transaction or a home sale, right, mm. um, for, for 90 days. So if September was when you noticed that slowdown, my thought would be let's go back 90 days and, and see what happened in the market because that's when it really happened. And I have the answer. It, oh, good. It, yeah. Let's go. And of course, this is an answer that's coming from my own observations. Yeah. So it's not like I read this in Fortune magazine or anything. Okay. All right. So it wasn't what happened in the market. It's what happened externally. There was a lot of wildfires. Uh-huh. I mean, there was grayness in the, in the air. I remember taking a listing where I had a professional photographer come out, took the photos, and when I got them back, it's like it, they were, the skies were gray. And this was out in Madera Ranchos. Yeah. So, you know, the, and there was a fire going on up the hill. Yeah, I remember. I think that gloominess and the fear of all that caused a little bit of a slowdown. Uh, and then what happened during that time, interest rates went up too. Mm-hmm. A little bit, right? Because they were they were closer to four point seven five. Yeah, yeah. I actually bought a house then, and everyone said that's such a high interest rate, and I was thrilled to have four point seven five. Oh, if I told you my first one, yeah. So, what is your grandpa Jack, who was the first generation realtor? Yes. What did he tell you about interest rates? Um, well, what my grandpa Jack told me is that um, there's it's a pendulum, and there's it's always a good time to buy a home. Regardless of interest rates, people have to buy homes and they have to sell homes. And so you learn to um, adjust to the market of the moment. So no matter what's going on out there, whether it's in the market or externally, such as wildfires, the coronavirus, which we're going to talk about a lot in the next segment. Yeah. Um, you still need a home. It's still home sweet home. So I'm very familiar with what's happening up in Paradise, California and Chico. And um, here they had the whole town of Paradise destroyed. And I have to tell you that the Chico Area Association of Realtors has had the best market in the history of real estate in Chico after the fire. That's why I like homes, you know, because homes, home sales are resilient because we all need, want, and dream of a home. Yeah, there's nothing like home. Home sweet home. With that thought, we are going to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio on 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we, helping me today, we have Joanna Odebastian, the CEO, the team leader, and the everything. That's at, right. I am the everything. No. Yeah. <laughs> Keller Williams, Fresno. Um, I know a brother or two of yours that, or three that would object to that statement, but. Oh, no, they wouldn't. <laughs> I am there, everything. You ask them. Okay. Yes. They probably would say that. 
All right. Um, let's talk about what's happening this week. A week ago, we ne- I never thought the coronavirus pandemic would be what it is today. Um, I had two things that happened this last night. Went to the grocery store with my wife. Holy smokes. I have never in my life seen anything like that. When was the last time you went to the grocery store? <laughs> Does 7-Eleven count? <laughs> um, okay. No, it just, uh, we had to wait for a shopping cart. Uh, we actually had to go out and wait for somebody to unload in their car and they get one because they were all taken. Wow. Uh, so many. I'm, I'm going to ask you, when's the last time you were at the grocery well, I, store? I actually was at the grocery store on Wednesday when you called me. And wow. um, I didn't notice a lack of carts. But that's interesting to me. I'm thinking, did and I not buy enough? Were, were people taking two or three carts to go load up with water bottles and toilet paper? There wasn't any in the store. Oh. Yeah. So you didn't have to worry about buying that stuff. The store I was at had a four case of water limit. You could only take four cases of water. Mm-hmm. But uh, where where I'm going with this? Oh, then, then this morning, yeah. just this morning, I spoke with my cousins who live in Rome, Italy, little town outside of Rome. They're basically quarantined inside of their little town of Grotta Ferrata, uh, which is up by the Pope's second home. Okay. And uh, it's a beautiful area. My cousin says, you, 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 know, you know why the Pope picked this as his uh, uh, summer home? because he got first pick (laughs) (laughs) so anyway uh life has sure changed for them over there yeah i would like to talk with you today and find out is this changing our home buying market here in the central valley well i think it's pretty soon to say if it is or it isn't i think what it is doing is creating opportunities for us to be helpers. And, um, you know, I, I know you know who Mr. Rogers is, and I grew up watching him. I love, loved Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And he always says, um, when things get scary, or his grandma told him this, I think, look for helpers. And so I think that as real estate agents, we have a really cool opportunity right now to um, choose the way that we're going to, to consider and uh, work during this market. And, um, and put our sellers and buyers at ease. I don't think this is going to hurt us. I think there could be a, a little bit of a slowdown because people are trying to figure out their reactions. But I think overall buying a home or selling a home is still a really great thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I like what you say. It could be a slow or a small slowdown. Sure. But eventually you still need a home. And I'll, if I could use the, um, let, let's say, bottled water and toilet paper, which yeah. there's a run on it right now, um, I'm wondering if next month, no one, you know, everybody's overstocked, so no one's going to be buying toilet paper next month or bottled water because they have plenty. Right. So when you average it all out, the sales came out the same. Correct. That's uh, a really good analogy, Don. It's a really good analogy. <laughs> you never thought that uh, uh, we would relate th- th- toilet paper and water bottles to real estate. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. I never thought that until this week. So I guess uh-huh. things have changed. Yeah. Okay. A week ago, I was thinking, "Hey, this is fantastic!" Be- 
or not this eye. I take that back. Okay, bad, scratch, bad, scratch, scratch, scratch that, please. Um, but the the positive side of this coronavirus thing was that it really drove interest rates down. It, and what happened was investors took money out of the stock market and invested more in real estate securities. Right. That helped. Um, now, that was a week ago. Now it's been a volatile week. So who knows what's... Yes, but all of my investment properties still held their worth. Ooh, good every point. Every one of them. Every one of them. We bought five more last week. And um, and if I could buy five more next week, I would. Do you have any fear that the market's going to, when you buy these, that they're going to go way down and not be worth that? I, I don't because we have a housing crisis in, in the state of California. We're short on homes. Homes are a commodity and they're a fantastic investment. Interest rates are at an all-time low, so people can get into homes and have a, a totally reasonable house payment. And so I just I consider real estate the, the best investment out there. And I think that real estate agents should invest in real estate because it's what we know. There you go. I'm going to tell you a story I heard from a friend of mine. He's a realtor up in the Sacramento area. Uh-huh. He said he lost a escrow this week because his buyer who's not a stock market analyst, not in that business at all, but uh, and wanted to buy a home to move his children into a good school district and, and all. They found a home, they got an escrow, and then he canceled. But he did not cancel out of fear. He actually canceled out of greed. Uh-oh. He feels like he can buy the same home in a month or two for a lot less money. Uh, I, I disagree with him. I think that that was foolish. I don't think that we're going to see pricing bottom out. I think homes um, are valuable, and that's too bad. Hopefully next week when he has a change of heart, it'll be it'll be available and he can go in and make an offer. Maybe yeah. that seller, though, will ask for a little bit more for the pain that the buyer put him through. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, many years ago, I had this happen where a buyer canceled for some crazy reason, the buyer ended up wanting to go back and the seller said, okay, I'll let you look at it again, but I want a $10,000 non-refundable deposit because they remembered that person's name right? and, and what they did to him. Um, let's go back to 2001. Our country was rocked by the Twin Towers being demolished by the terrorist attacks and at the time, um, the sales volume here in Fresno County was $900 million. That next year, it grew to $1.2, then $1.6, until it reached $3 billion uh, in 2005. So what I'm saying is here a catastrophe hit. Right. And what happened to housing? people appreciated their homes and started buying them up. Yep, they wanted to stay home, they wanted to be home. Yeah, and let's put that in median sales price. So in 2001, the median sales price was $115,000 here in Fresno County. And within four or five years, that rose to 285,000. Once again, homes were valued. So we've had we've had a nice steady 
uh, price increase. Nothing outrageous, nothing crazy um, like it was before 2006. And I think that, um, that we'll continue to see a, a nice steady increase over time. And when I say increase, I'm, I'm not talking huge. I mean, three or four percent a year. And that's been the great thing about the Central Valley. We have increased each year for the last seven, eight, nine years. We've increased in, but, but not dramatically. Right. As happened in the Silicon Valley or what happened even here back in 2003, four and five. Yeah. We're, we're, a, we're a great place to live, a great place to live. I don't know. I, I heard a, uh, there was a study by some university in Massachusetts that said Fresno County was the second worst area to live in. And as far as I'm concerned, they can go ahead and keep saying that <laughs> Thank be, you. because I like the size of our town and I like how affordable it is here. I don't, I don't want to be one of those big cities that's overcrowded and overpriced and, and has a cr- crazy, crazy real estate market like that. Yeah. Exactly. We'll just keep this our secret. Yes, it'll be the best kept secret in California. (laughs) All right. So what are some things that, let's talk about the immediate future. Sure. Let's talk about this coming week. How does the the virus pandemic uh, affect real estate in the next week? Should people look at homes? Should they still sell homes? Yes, absolutely. And they should use a realtor who is good at presenting options and helping them get creative, especially if they're in one of the the groups of people that might be at higher risk for for actually contracting or having the virus. I think that this is really cool because as agents, we get to to shine and we get to show our clients, here are options and tools and things that I can do to still help you sell your home during this time and to take away that fear and that worry. So, you know, if you've got if you've got a seller like my grandma June, who is, you know, 88 years old. Um, 88 years young. 88 years young, that's right. Uh, maybe maybe you offer different options than you normally would. For example, if uh, she was afraid of having too many people come in and look at her house at an open house, by chance, maybe you could do a Facebook Live open house, or you could go in and you could record the house and send it out, um, send video out to people who are interested that way. I, j- I think that there's there's plenty of ways to sit down and become creative. Uh, about this and we don't have to experience a slowdown it's all in in how we choose to respond and yeah so what you're saying is technology gives us a lot of options a whole lot of options yeah i mean even digital signatures uh yep you don't have to meet and no grab somebody else's pen right you you could have a facetime meeting you could schedule a zoom call with a buyer or seller who is unable to leave their home um, there's Google Hangouts, all sorts of resources that are free and easy to use. And um, this provides an opportunity for all of us to learn something new and become smarter. This could even, I'm going to predict a little boom off this because now that the schools are closing, the kids are going to be home. I think the parents are going to realize we need to buy us a bigger home. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so Bigger yard so that we can lock them outside. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. 
Okay, with that, we're going to our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and helping me out today is Joanna Odebashian of Keller Williams and um, the manager there, or that's not the correct term, right? Nope, not the manager. I am the team leader. I grow the company, both in the number of homes that we close, agent production, and in attracting new talent to Keller Williams. Great. And it's interesting because just a few years back, you were a you were teaching in the schools, right? Yeah, that's crazy, right? 2006, February. I thought you were crazy. Yeah. Yes, when you got into real estate. No, when I got <laughs> into teaching. No, oh. <laughs> I think everyone thought I was crazy when I left teaching. I can't believe it. But in 2006, February I was one 17th, of those. I jumped, completely jumped, Don. Mm-hmm. And and we were a two-income family. We, re- we relied on, um, on my teacher's salary and I just decided nope I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna go work with my grandpa and my mom and my dad and my brothers why not if they can do it I can best decision I ever made looking back I can say that about you it you seem to just totally enjoy this It, it well you know what helping people find homes and now helping people grow businesses is is just like being a teacher Okay, so I heard a term one time that um, because real estate agents by their nature are very independent thinking and and such, that the art of real estate management is also known as the art of herding cats. I hate that saying. I've heard (laughs) it before too. I look at it differently. So I don't think that there's any difference between a fifth grader, an 11th grader, or a real estate agent. They're all somebody's kid. There you go. Yeah. They're all somebody's kid. Of course, you never had to manage me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I would offer, but I don't think I'm allowed to on the show. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Let's go back to how we manage things. Yeah. With this coronavirus out there and the fear that it's putting out, how do we continue with business? Um, Well, we keep our heads on straight. And we're patient with people because um, we understand that there may be people who have heightened um, degrees of fear, different levels than us. And so rather than be sarcastic or post um, raunchy memes about it, we we are patient and we're sensitive. I think we can also utilize technology during this time to make things better and easier. For, for everyone. And so some of the things that I've been kicking around with a group of people I collaborate with are virtual tour, tours. Um, you know, the MLS prohibits um, branded virtual tours, but we could still go out and do virtual tours unbranded, and we can share those with people who are interested in viewing the home. Good real estate agents have databases of clients that they've um, worked with over the years. And so maybe they share those videos with their their databases and say, hey, listen, who do you know that that this house could work for? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a different time. I can't do showings the way I used to be able to do showings. Or maybe the seller has asked that I not bring people through. So now I need your help. Who, who could you 
help me find that this house might be a fit for. Um, you could do digital open houses utilizing Facebook Live or other broadcasting apps to hold digital open houses without physical visitors. Um, and then, again, you could promote that to, to people that you've done business with in the past. Um, you could write offers subject to inspection. If a seller doesn't want a live showing, you could consider additional um, digital marketing methods and request that the, the offer be subject to inspection. I have a question to ask there. Yeah. Okay, so what does that say? Does it say that a seller is really not motivated if they say you can't come inside and look at my home? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think that that's- Because of the special times. Correct, because of the special times. Maybe a month ago that might have been a, a, a decent uh, opinion that if a seller's not motivated enough to let someone in the house to look at it before they buy it, but this is a special time. It is a special time. And I think that what you're, all, all a seller is saying when they say that is they just don't want a million people in their house. Mm -hmm. And and that's okay. So go ahead, make the offer subject to inspection, allow the seller to choose the the offer that works the best for them, and then the buyer can go into the house. And I, I don't see I don't see that being a being a problem. Okay. I think I think also with out of town buyers, have you ever done this? Have you had someone come in from New York or Italy who might be interested in a house, and uh, maybe you go and you record the house for them before they come? Oh so yeah. Video showings. That's I mean we we do that all the time. That's that's not any different. So I think doing video showings with FaceTime or Duo or Hangouts or any of those other apps are just tools that allow us to create create more options for buyers and sellers both all right so um should a buyer be fearful of going into somebody's home that's a really good question they might be it, it i i think it's going to depend on the person so a, a buyer may be fearful and in that case it may uh, be to the agent's benefit to go and preview the house first to make sure that they're not wasting the buyer's time um, again, the agent could go and video the house and show it to the buyer. And if the buyer truly is interested, the buyer could make the offer, again, subject to inspection and only have one day or time that they enter into that house. Sellers could do nice things um, if a buyer was concerned, like wipe off the surfaces or wipe down the door handles. I mean, gosh, probably th those are all things that we should be doing anyway. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've talked about the buyer and yeah. the seller. What about the agents? Um, kind of a different time for agents because we're used to shaking hands right. with our clients. Uh, maybe not such a good idea, hopefully just for the short term, not such a good idea. Right. I think that you can, you can say, hey, let's fist bump or bow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, do that. Or do, do like the Bash Brothers used to do, yeah. the, the forearm bash. Uh -huh. Or just simply say, hey, right now I'm not shaking hands. That's okay, too. I think mm -hmm. people are very understanding. You know, at that meeting we were at on Wednesday, that was strange because would we have 40, 50 people in there? Uh -huh. I didn't shake hands with anybody. You know what? I, I hugged people. And afterwards I thought, oh, I hope I didn't scare them. By, by hugging them, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm naturally a hugger. And if I see somebody, I'm like, hey, it's great to see you. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody needs to, to remember to be a little bit sensitive. 
Yeah. And, and also forgiving just because that person doesn't come up and shake your hand or hug you. Be, be sensitive to th- uh, what's going through their mind. Right. That's right. Who knows? They might have a cousin in Italy who's quarantined. <laughs> you just never or, know. Yeah. Or a niece in Portugal who can't fly home yet. Right. So, all right. Um, or th- or an 88-year-old Grandma June that they don't want to pass any cooties to. Ah, uh, very good point. Mm-hmm. Yes. Boy, I hope this is short-term. I do, too. And I hope I, I do, too. I, I have to honestly tell you I was not afraid until Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But I do have to say it's really good here at the ESPN studios. We have a glass wall between uh, us and our uh, board operator. Well, and you and I are practicing social distancing, so yeah. we're we're six feet apart. Yeah, that's, a, that's another good thing. We're not closing our office. Um, we're we're going to remain open. Uh, many of our meetings are going to go online. We'll do them through a service called Zoom. Our regular weekly Tuesday office meeting is going to be done through Zoom. Um, We are transitioning to some new technology and new systems. Those are going to be moved over to Zoom. And I'm hoping that we'll reach even more agents because drive time isn't required and our mountain agents don't have to come down the hill. and, And so in my mind, I'm thinking this is really a unique opportunity for us to to get good at something new. So it's funny in our last sales meeting, um, we had, we had the option of coming to the meeting or watching it on Facebook Uh live. And it was the most well attended meeting if you combine the two, but I was one of the guys that went to the meeting physically. Yeah. I mean, how else do you get the free donuts and coffee? Right. Right. Okay. But boy, there was a lot of space in there. (laughs) It was and I didn't have to fight for a parking spot, anything. Yeah. Well, I, I have to tell you, we haven't done Facebook Live be, because there can't be collaboration and interaction. So if you're, if you're a guest watching a meeting on Facebook Live, you can do a thumbs up or a heart or you can type something in, but that interaction isn't, isn't allowed. I like Zoom because everybody's little face can pop up on the screen. And if they have a camera, then we can see each other. If they, if they don't, that's okay too. But they're allowed to talk and participate in what we're doing and give feedback. And, and I like feedback. Yeah. You know, agents could use that with buyers and sellers as well. See, it, and the way I look at this, this is going to force me to learn new things too. I'll bet you within a month I've learned something new. I'm sure you will, Don, and it'll help you create more options with your clients. That's right. I remember when I struggled with digital signatures. You know, it's like, well, I, do I you remember do what happened in 2001 when we when we got Rapitoni? And before that, what did we have? We had a book. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't even a realtor then, but I was a kid of a realtor. And I would go to open houses and showings with my mom, and and everything was in a book. We had to look it up. The book came out once. Was it once a month? No, uh, it was once a week. But then the book got so big that we had to alternate weeks and do a uh, just a supplement in the alternating weeks. Okay, and then and then in two thousand one, we finally got an online MLS. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That so, was a learning curve. So and for our listeners out there, that's what Joanna's talking about when she said Rapitoni, that's our our uh our provider 
of data. Yeah. And um, it has it has changed the industry. Well, we're the providers of data. They're the service that syndicates it. You're right. (laughs) And. And don't forget that, people. We, the realtors, are the providers of the information. So when you go on to those online sites, it originated with the realtors. Absolutely. 100%. And with that, we're going to our next commercial break. But when we get back, we are going to be talking about something other than the coronavirus. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Me too. All right. Thank you. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here with me today is Joanna Odebashin of Keller Williams Fresno. Um, And thank you for helping out, and we talked about that C word a lot in the first part of the show, so let's try to do this whole last segment without mentioning the C word. Okay, I'm in. All right. How do, but we're going to mention the R word, realtors. I love to talk about realtors. How do realtors help build communities? Oh my goodness, what a great question. Well, let me ask Don, do you remember your home growing up as a kid? Oh yeah. What do you remember about it? Uh, Running around the backyard, throwing the football in the backyard, uh, getting my football out of the darn rose bushes. How about your your friends in your neighborhood? Yeah. Do you have a lot of them? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it was the neatest home. They always say, don't buy a home on a busy street. Well, I grew up on Barstow Avenue. Wasn't too busy back then. I could actually play football as a kid out on Barstow Avenue. Now now you can't do it. But um, the great thing about being there is people would be driving by and they'd see us outside or see us in the window or something and they'd stop in. So we had tons of uh, family, friends. Yeah, well... The person who sold you that house helped build community, right? Ah. And as realtors. Wow, that was good, Joanna. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm trained at this. <laughs> and you know what's funny? I still remember her. Oh, who was it? Um, Barbara Palmquist. Interesting. W- with Helen Smades Realty. And at eight years old, I remember the transaction. It was a six-month-long escrow. And it was not Barbara's fault. It wasn't the realtor's fault. My dad was not the best organized guy. And getting tax returns. Was tough for him. Yeah. yeah. And he got a VA loan with a septic tank. It's, yeah. And it, you were eight. I was eight. And I remember that. And uh, I, I think I even did a little consulting with my parents and helped them through the escrow. So it's, I was born to be a realtor. Right. Well, it's important as a kid to have a home. That's it's right. Super important as a kid to have a home. Um, when and we I moved, especially like this home because my bedroom was pretty far separated from my sister's. So you were independent. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So I was uh, I was two weeks away from my seventh birthday when we moved to Fresno from Southern California, and my parents wanted to come here so that we could grow up in a community and have roots. Both of them moved a lot as kids. And so it was really important for their kids to be stable and have have roots in a town. So we came to Fresno. It was affordable. It was a great place to live. It was close to Yosemite. My dad loves to go hiking. And we bought a house on 8th Street 
And um, we were selling our house at 2222 East Hoover in Orange County. How funny that I, I remember it. I must have been born to be a realtor too. And, um, and the interest rates skyrocketed. And the buyer of our home in Orange County could no longer qualify because the interest rate made the payment too high. And um, lo and behold, our escrow fell out which was um, extremely painful to my mom and dad because the proceeds from the house we were selling in Orange County were going to be part of the down payment and part of what we lived on when they came to Fresno because they, they came without jobs or, or anything like that. And so we had a little bit of reserves and that was going to get us by and then that was gone. And the interest rate on the home we bought on 8th Street was, I, th- I think my mom said 19%. Yeah. That was 1981. One. Yeah. And um, see, I know that because that's when the rates were that high. Yeah. And we and we still bought a home. And I remember that house. I remember riding my bike in that yard. I remember uh, my brother falling through the shed at the neighbor's house and falling in their swimming pool. And which brother? Yes. Justice wasn't born yet. So there's only two to choose from. (laughs) I'm going to say Ben. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And um, you're right. And, um, and I, I loved living on that street. I remember my neighbor's names. And so I think we get to help people tell their home ownership story and what home means to them. And that's one way we build community. Another way is by being a part of our community and giving back. Um, the company that I'm, I'm affiliated with is excellent at that. And during times of national disaster, natural disaster, or extreme hardship, um, we're there for our own agents and we encourage our agents to be there for their clients as well, checking in on them, seeing how they're doing, finding out if there's, you know, there's a need. So that's another way realtors can build community. And you and I talked about blood drives, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have one coming up. I don't know a date yet, but we're working on it. Yeah, I, I think that realtors are, are poised to build, to build community. As a realtor, you got to have a servant's heart. And, and here's something I saw yesterday that it's I've I probably saw seven or eight different realtors just in the last 24 hours post something on Facebook that hey, uh, for their elderly clients or those who can't get out to the store or, or what they'll go for them. Yep. What you know? I mean, that's a servant's heart. That is a servant's heart. Absolutely. And I don't think you can really be a great realtor without having that. So it's not that realtors make you have a servant's heart. I think those with servants, servants hearts end up being realtors. I would agree. And I would agree that it's always scary to me when someone sits across from me and says that they want to be a real estate agent because they're a good at sales or because they like watching HDTV. I, <laughs> that scares me. I, I like it when people tell me that they want to be a real estate agent because they care about people and they are excited about creating homeowners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, how can realtors show up as a leader in the community? They can be involved. And there's lots of ways to be involved. Um, they could be involved at the Board of Realtors. They could be um, involved by showing up to school board meetings or city council meetings and letting their their voices be heard we need more realtor representation out there Um, they could they could volunteer um, 
at any organization. They could sponsor blood drives or canned food drives or offer to deliver groceries, any of those ways. And, you know, it's funny because these organizations that are going to be put through tough times, like the blood center, they're reaching out to groups like the realtors Mm -hmm. because they know we'll step up. Yeah, well, and because they know we know a lot of people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is your best uh, real estate advice you could give someone? Who's the someone? Am I giving it to a buyer, to a seller, just in general? Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you twice. What's your best real estate advice you could give to a buyer? Buy now. Why? Because you'll never see interest rates this low. This is, this is crazy low. The money is almost free and home affordability is great. Don't wait. Some people tell, tell me, oh, I'll wait. Maybe prices will drop $10,000. What if prices drop $10,000, but interest rate shoots up 1%? Mm-hmm. Here's a good one. I, I, it actually kept me quiet because I was shut down. So somebody said, oh, you'll never see interest rates this low again. And I said, well, wait a minute. I remember when they dropped below 10%, I said that, and I was wrong. And this person said, Don, how much closer to zero can we get? Not much. <laughs> so after they said that, it's like, okay, I better just be quiet. I, I was going to refinance um, a, a week ago Friday. My lender called and said, do it, do it, do it. And I waited. And I could have had it, um, I could refinance for 2.99% that day. Mm-hmm. And um, I waited until Wednesday to follow up and say, okay, I think I'm ready. And by Wednesday, it was already Mm 3.4%. And so buy buy now. That's my advice to buyers. Okay, what's your best advice to sellers? My best advice to sellers is sell now. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. Don't wait. Inventory is low. You'll have a bigger pool of buyers now than if interest rates shoot up because more people can qualify for your home now, which means you are in the, the driver's seat. You get to help, um, well, you you have more choices. It would be better to have five or six offers on your house than beg someone to make an offer on your house in the event that the market shifts and we have a buyer's market. So sell now. What's your best real estate advice for a realtor? The activities you do today are what will pay you in 90 days. And so do the right activities. Go out and uh, build relationships with people. Talk to people about home ownership and don't be afraid. You are increasing a person's wealth by 35% when you help them buy a home. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, what do you want this our listeners to remember most about today's discussion? Um, and we only have about a minute left, so hit I, me with that one. Gosh, I want them to remember that it's always uh, homes are always needed. It's there's all it's always a good time to buy or sell a home. That pendulum swings back and forth. It 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 never stops. And just like people need cars, people need houses. And so, don't be afraid. Buy and sell homes. I've been through a thing or two in my 44 year career, and I could tell you that. Every time there's a fear, a panic out there about something that happens in the world, the real estate market rebounds and goes up. Don't be afraid. Consult a realtor today. Thank you. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in today to Welcome Home Radio. And thank you, Joanna, for sharing your knowledge with us. 
appreciate it. Thanks, Don. I'm happy to have been here. Thank you.